Welcome to Episode 5 of the Patient Safety Podcast. This series is brought to you with the support of W21C in the Faculty of Medicine at the University of Calgary. In Episode 5, Dr. Ward Flemons from W21C and the Department of Medicine at the University of Calgary, and who spoke about principles of patient safety in Episode 1, returns to talk about what to do when responding to an adverse event. That is, what steps should be taken when a patient is harmed by the care they did or did not receive. Please remember to find out more about our podcast authors or to look up any material referenced in this or any other episode, visit our website at www.patientsafetypodcast.com. Here is Ward Flemons. So in this podcast, I'm going to talk about how a healthcare provider and healthcare organization should think about responding to a situation where a patient was harmed, especially if the patient suffered serious or fatal harm. There have been many cases over the years, both locally in this province and nationally and internationally, of patients who have suffered uh, extreme harm and in some cases fatal harm. These are obviously extremely difficult to deal with for everyone involved the healthcare organization, the healthcare providers, and obviously the patients and their families. I'm going to describe steps that should be considered. And the first step that should be considered when dealing with an event such as this is what I would refer to as immediate management of the situation. And we've actually created an acronym from the word RESPOND that describes seven steps or seven things that should be considered in the immediate aftermath when this is first recognized. The first one is for R, resuscitate the patient. Healthcare providers are extremely good at doing this. They usually recognize the need for this and it's just a quick reminder that sometimes the patient is actually physiologically affected and needs to be treated quickly. The second one is E for ensuring the environment is safe. And what this is really referring to is if the patient has suffered harm, it's possible that other people in the immediate vicinity are also at risk of suffering additional harm, and that needs to be recognized and dealt with immediately. And the third step, S, stands for securing equipment. And what this means really is that in several situations, patients are actually harmed as a result of equipment that did not function well or was not programmed properly. And if the equipment is not secured, then it goes back into regular circulation and that creates two problems. Number one, it could harm another patient, but number two, it's not available for investigation to find out exactly what role it played in this particular event. So it's important to secure that equipment, get it out of circulation, and make sure that investigators who come in later have access to it. P stands for protect other patients. And we've already talked about making sure the environment is safe, but there could be patients outside of the immediate environment that are also at risk. So the example might be a patient who has a misdiagnosed malignancy. Say, for example, a woman with breast cancer who undergoes a mastectomy and later it's found that the biopsy slide was misread and or mixed up with another patient. There is likely another patient out there who also has a misread 
biopsy specimen and needs to be found. O stands for Offer Initial Support. What this means is that many times, right off the bat, patients and or their families need to know that the healthcare system is going to respond to what they need. And often what they need is other family members around them. So uh, this could look like arranging to get a parent, a sister, a son, transported from wherever they are to the patient's side as soon as possible. There are other examples of uh, offering initial support. It's also offering initial support potentially to the healthcare providers who might also be terribly affected by the situation. N stands for notify and put a note in the chart. So by notify we mean providing information to people in the chain of command, including the attending physician, that something has happened to the patient. So both the medical side, the physician, and the administration side, and that people should take this notification as far up the chain of command as required by the severity of the incident. D stands for disclosure, and disclosure is not often a one-time discussion. So this only stands for initial disclosure or initial acknowledgement that something has gone wrong and providing the information to the patient that there is something going on. We may not be very sure about what it is, but we will commit to investigating it and to deciding what else needs to be done. Following the immediate management of an event like this, someone, often somebody in administration within a healthcare organization, needs to gather or have gathered for them enough information to allow them to make an assessment of the case, of the situation, and decide whether additional types of activities need to take place. And if it's felt that because of the severity of the situation or the complexity of it, that the full management of patient harm needs to be enacted, then that needs to be coordinated for the patient and for the organization. And we would put this under three broad banners of consideration. The first one is support, the second one is communicate, and the third is evaluate and analyze. So under support, we mean continuing the support for patients and families. So I've already mentioned what this could look like in the immediate management, but the ongoing management just acknowledges that support is longer term than just immediate. So this may mean putting family members up in hotels if that's possible. It might mean getting psychological support for the family and the patient, again depending on the severity, and other types of support for them. So one of the questions that comes up is, What's the rationale and the purpose of, of offering this type of support? We know that patients are often harmed a second time by the lack of appropriate response by healthcare organizations and healthcare providers. The tendency is to not want to say the wrong thing to patients, so we tend not to say anything to patients. And how that is perceived is that nobody cares, nobody's doing anything, nobody's acknowledging that something went wrong. That inflicts incredible psychological harm to patients, and we call that second harm. It prevents being able to adequately deal with the initial harm, with getting the healing from that uh, started, and can lead to some very complicated grief for patients and their families that can last many, many years. So to avoid that, it's essential that uh, we get the support piece right 
right off the bat. Now the support piece also applies to healthcare providers. And in that case, we know that many healthcare providers are what we refer to as second victims. So they also struggle, they also suffer from being involved in a case where a patient was harmed because no healthcare provider intends to hurt patients. And this can be very traumatic. So appropriate support for healthcare providers may mean peer support, might mean psychological support, uh, and again, might be long-term. If we think about communication, there's three types of communication we put under that broad heading. The first is uh, disclosure, the second is reporting, and the third is informing. So disclosure is that conversation that happens between healthcare providers and the patient or the healthcare organization and the patient about what happened. It includes an apology, includes empathy, and if done well, it, it uh, very much contributes to the patient's healing and the family's healing. The second is reporting, and reporting is that communication between healthcare providers and the organization that just flags that something has happened so that the proper procedures can happen, including the investigation can happen. The third is uh, informing, and informing is the discussion with people outside of the intimate relationship with the patient to let them know that something uh, untoward has happened to a patient, keeping patient confidentiality uh, sacrosanct, but also using the informing as a very effective tool. And the question would be a tool for what? Well, in some cases, it may be used to protect other patients in other healthcare systems by informing those healthcare systems. It may be used to maintain or protect the reputation of the organization, which is always challenged when a severe healthcare adverse event happens like this. But if people are transparent about it and not perceived as trying to hide anything, then the reputation can be protected. It can also be used to normalize an open discussion of system vulnerabilities. So healthcare providers are often looking towards their organizational leaders to say, is it okay to talk about things when things are not good? And if we can, it starts to normalize that and allows us to start to learn from adverse events. The final piece is evaluate and analyze. There's two pieces of this. One is the analysis of the actual system, and the second is the assessment of individuals' actions and behaviors. Very important to keep these two separate. The analysis of systems, sometimes referred to as root cause analysis by some organizations. At the University of Calgary and the Health Quality Council of Alberta, we have developed a different approach called systematic systems analysis that looks at this various system factors that contributed to an adverse event without a focus on just individuals. When it comes to analyzing individuals, it's important to analyze what individuals did in the context of where they were, understanding why they did what they did, knowing all the contributing factors from the system so that they can be fairly assessed and not overly criticized, i.e. not just leaving this as somebody or someone did something wrong. Very briefly, that describes the component parts of responding appropriately to an adverse event that will help not only the patients, the organization, and the healthcare providers. Thanks for listening. That was Ward Flemons talking about what should occur 
in the initial management and follow-up to an adverse event. Another reminder to visit patientsafetypodcast.com to find materials referenced in this episode. You can find all our episodes for download there or from w21c.org, or you can subscribe to the series for free from iTunes. Remember, we'd love to hear from you, so please email your feedback, comments, or suggestions for our series to w21cedu at ucalgary.ca. Thanks for listening.